what should government be doing in the first 100 days? Well, the message, I suspect, from most CCGs would be nothing. Uh, certainly not a major restructure. What do we want from Tower Hamlets? And uh, I wanted to reflect to you, actually, our away day and what were the key five priorities. Uh, and it's quite interesting, actually, because we're a cute sector commissioner, but we came out with these fives, which was IT, integrated care, integrated care children, sustainable primary care, and self-care. Well, I just want to go into a bit more detail. But it's quite interesting that that comes from an acute sector commissioner. Uh, IT, we need to step into the modern world. Um, the iPad, iPhone, and the ability to Skype consult is the equivalent of the stethoscope that was essential to me years ago. Every single clinician should be provided with those tools. It should be the norm. Uh, children, we have to acknowledge that NHS has very lim limited uh, impact on the healthcare of children. As we discovered when we looked at type 1 diabetes in children, only 11% were hitting control of 7.5%. That's 20 years loss of life in the longer term. And the children said to us, we need clinics after school, we need Skype consulting, uh, and we need a forum. At which point one of the consultants almost stuttered uh, is, is the generous word and the kid came back and said uh, so you want us to go on the internet instead and by the way could we have the clinic next to uh, the big shopping centre because that's where we spend our life we need to do something in a very different way for children and we need a chief medical officer in the department of education we have one in the department of work and pensions we have one in the department of health we need one in the department of education if my children in Tower Hamlets are to take their next step in educational achievement. It is absolutely health, health and health. And don't we need a clinician, a nurse and a doctor as a governor on every school in this country? Integrated care. Uh, so we're one of the pioneers in East London. We need to look and uh, segment patients in a very different way. Uh, we can't carry on with traditional general practice. We need to be proactive. So we've got 5% in uh, MDT meetings, patients terminally ill, housebound, actively managed by a comprehensive team, which will include social workers, psychiatrists, etc. Uh, that will go up to 20%. Then we have the long-term conditions. But we then have the younger generation who as my children do, function in a completely different way. They want something instantly. Do you know what I mean? They just do not fit into that. As I described with those, uh, those children with diabetes, they just don't fit into our traditions. And so there's something, there's a new offering that needs to come, and we need to think carefully about that. Sustainable general practice. You know, it is the most cost-effective system in, in the world. The last few years, downward funding increasing workload. I do two days a week in general practice. It is normal for me to see 60 patients a day. That is not abnormal in the East End of London. That is not sustainable. And, we're, and yet we've got a big ask for them, actually. Primary care for the first time ever in, in political terms is being discussed in the last five years. Before that, it was all about acute hospital trusts, closures of casualty. We're asking general practice to take all these patients out of hospital. That's where patients want to be. 60% uh, are still dying in hospital. I don't think there's probably a single person here who wouldn't want to die at home surrounded by their loved ones if they had a terminal illness. A big ask, we're asking them to commission services uh, and control some of the acute sector 
uh, spend. Uh, and a big ask with, with all of this, we're asking them to do, carry on doing primary care and yet the downward funding. We have to do something quite urgently and we have to recognise its importance. And within that, we have to recognise what I call the parity of steam of primary and secondary care. So just as we're bringing it together with the new models of care for the patient, so the patient doesn't say, don't you talk to each other? Uh, why do I have to tell my story time and time again? Actually, we need to look at some other parity issues. Why is there only something like 50 professors of general practice, half of doctors are GPs, and umpteen in the acute sector? There's something that needs to change. Uh, why is it until very recently you walked into the Department of Health, you could uh, probably hardly ever see a GP? Those things need to be addressed if you were to bring this, this patient uh, pathway together. And finally, self-care. So that was my fifth thing. So at Bromley-by-Bow, where we have 100 different projects under one roof, I want to tell you about two things. Our art and asthma course for uh, primary school children, where they produce beautiful art. So we employ a nurse artist. We need a very different workforce, don't we, in the modern world. And at the, but the, at the end of 10 weeks, they get wonderful awards for their art. But a 10-year-old comes into me and says, Sam, my peak flow has gone down 50 and I need a step up in my treatment. Please prescribe me this. We do too much to patients. We actually have to be handing over in a much, much bigger way. We know that will be successful in terms of uh, clinical outcomes. Uh, but we need to spread it far further. So the other project we have is social prescribing, which enables a GP to connect to 1,100 voluntary sector organisations in Tower Hamlets a minimal cost project. We have to now, in these financially challenging times, look at the patient as part of the workforce, their families uh, and the local community. And we need to do something very different with flu. Actually, we should vaccinate everybody, shouldn't we? We uh, go for herd immunity of everything else. And it, I find when I say to patients, actually that might mean you've got to pay £10 for flu vaccination, that's not, that's not a big problem. We need to bring together uh, commissioning, but not in a forced marriage. It's got to be a marriage of love. Uh, estates, we've got to bring them back locally so that they're locally owned and the incentives are to maximise their use. Uh, and don't we need to provide housing, particularly uh, in areas like London, for health workers? That's one of our biggest problems. How can a, health, how can a nurse possibly afford to live? anywhere near some of our London hospitals. In workforce, a whole raft of things, we need a very different workforce, and I've described that already, but don't we need to be part of the Let Be? Don't the commissioners actually need to be on the Let Be boards? What about nurses? My, one of my practice nurses is a full profit-sharing partner of the practice, and yet actually... Well, she left the R RCN a few years ago because they said, sorry, we can't insure you uh, for this because that's not nurse work. There is a key message there, actually. We are completely failing to untap this fantastic resource in the nursing profession. There's got to be no barrier to where a nurse ends up in the health service. Uh, regulation, we need to do something there. Uh, somebody said to me the other day, you know, the pr biggest problem that uh, faces CQC is it can't find a hotel big enough in the town. <laughs> there is a message there. 
There's a message that falls out of France's too, isn't there? And actually, I, I commissioned for Barts. Uh, and what I've seen over the last year is uh, a struggling hospital, uh, fantastic uh, committed leadership, but actually inspection after inspection that has taken management time away from their task, their daily task. So you have to ask the question, actually, what is the cost of these multiple regulations? And that's not being asked. We need a dating agency in the NHS. Okay? Now, I, I, I from Bromley by Bow, or what we do in Tower Hamlets uh, with our integrated care, I go to all over the country and speak, but it's completely random. Nobody sorts out my tickets. Do you know what I mean? Nobody. That's mad. We have fantastic skill in the NHS, but we have this incredible ability, actually, not to connect it. And it's not complicated. So we need something. We don't need great national institutions. Dare I say it, we don't need great consultancies. Actually, we just need to use what we've got in the NHS. So what we need is a simple dating agency where Chris can ring up and say, look, I've got this problem here. Uh, do you know anyone who can help? And, uh, and actually, uh, I'll, I'll sort out the rail tickets for them. And finally, we need a Chris Hobson of primary care. Uh, because actually, Chris is amazing, and you'll get it when he presents, uh, he's an amazing force and arguer for the acute sector. But we don't have that equity in primary care. So we need the equivalent. And my final message to you is actually what really, I think, makes for any successful health economy is leadership and the, uh, the spread of leadership. So 50% of my GPs in my area are in a leadership position. We have to spread leadership, and we have to learn to love our leadership leaders. You know, I love managers. I cannot cope without, cope without them. Do you know what I mean? We have to learn to love them again, and we have to learn to love our chief executives, our medical directors... Uh, because the overarching message uh, that I hear time and time again is why would anyone ever want to do those jobs? Um, thanks very much. Uh, you rather disarmingly started by saying you want the next government I to do know, nothing, and then you gave us a very long list of all the things you would like to I do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I suppose my message would be we've got to do it. This is not actually, the vast majority of that is not about government. But if you think about, for example, your plea on regulation, which I keep on hearing among many different audiences in different places, doesn't that actually require the new government to take a very different approach around CQC and monitor and the other regulators? No, I would argue that CQC could do that themselves. Okay. They just need to look at their mission. <laughs> <laughs>